Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Yeah, we're ready. All right. I've already started, so you're down 10 seconds. <laughs> we already lost 10 seconds. All right. So let's talk really quick about this conversation. <laughs> That's right. Our final conversation about the conversations you're having conversations about. That was a lot of conversations. Yeah. We've been conversing for many weeks now. Yeah, that's right. But today we want to talk about um, being priesthood of all believers. Yes. Of how we are all called to serve. We're all yes. anointed, gifted. Um, we're all to bring something into this new church. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the Old Testament, what we have is a Levit- Levitical priesthood. Mm. And you have this segment of people within the Israelites that did the priestly duties for the country or the nation of Israel. And what we see is Jesus hangs on the cross and the veil is torn into the Holy Spirit is released upon the church. And Peter in first Peter chapter two, I believe talks about now you are the priesthood of all believers. Mm. Yeah. All of a sudden this priestly duty is put upon the church. Common pe- everyday people. Everyday people. And it's fascinating. I think we take it for granted that God can do something through each and every one of us mm-hmm. in the world we find ourselves, but not just in the world we find ourselves, the church we find ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And something that we both see in both of our churches that are becoming one is um, e- equipping and engaging all of you to be serving, equipping yeah. the saints is what Paul says in Ephesians 4. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's right. Don't hold on to it in a staff role or something. Is No, every one of you have gifts and strengths. And so we're wanting to call you all into being active in new church. Absolutely. I think the temptation, and we've heard this from churches that have grown, is that as a church is growing and the staff grows, is sometimes um, a couple of things can happen. One, we can assume... Well, we have enough staff, like they can do the job, Yeah. Um, which we'll get to that in a moment. Or we can, some of us, we can go, what can I do to get on staff? Yeah. And we make all of our serving about getting on staff. Right. Because then you've arrived at something and you've got a title and a position. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, like staff is not a hierarchical of, of popularity within the mm. church. It should never become that. Yeah. But let's first deal with that idea um, that... As a church, we're not just relying on staff to do the work of the church, but we actually want to invite everybody into this. Yeah. We want to create a culture where um, it's not a culture of consumers, uh, but it's a culture of contributors, no matter where you find yourself. That's right. That's yeah. so good. Contributor versus consumer. Yeah. Uh, we had talked last week about preferences. And if we slide into preferences, if we get into consuming is, hey, what can this church do for me? Yeah. What's in it for me? Yeah. And, and really God's saying, no, no, what's in it for me is what he's saying. Yes, <laughs> what that's can right. I, God, what can I contribute back to your body? How have you gifted and impassioned me to serve for your greater kingdom purposes? Yeah. It reminds me of a conversation a speaker um, recently said, the purpose of the church is one, to worship Jesus. Yeah. Two, to equip the saints. Yeah. And three, to go out and, and serve. Reach, yeah. Yeah, reach the world. Yeah. And um, in this idea of equipping the saints, um, the reality is, is that we don't actually experience the fullness of our own discipleship unless we are contributing. Yes. Uh, If we're always relying on somebody else um, to do something for us, we're receiving the benefits of serving, but not the greater benefit of serving. Yeah. And um, there's a real benefit to serving. One of the things that we've said, and, you know, I I would want to be really clear about it because it's been misconstrued at times, but 
what does it look like to give your 100% in mm. serving the church? Now, what we have to be clear about is that everybody's 100% is different. Yes. The single mom in our church, mm-hmm. that 100% looks very different than maybe the college student that's taking two courses. Yeah. Um, certainly don't want to downgrade somebody who's a full-time student because yeah. <laughs> you're probably slammed. Yeah. But the question is, is like, what is your 100%? How can you contribute in a way, keeping yourself healthy, yep. you know, all of the other things you have going the on in balance. your life, the balance, yep. while still contributing um, contributing to the church? Yeah, that's so good. And and you referenced that of giving 100%. Sometimes around Quinio, we use the phrase all in. Yeah. And we still have to be such a positive phrase or words yeah. we use to say, yeah, no, right. we're all in for the kingdom. And then God show us how to show up and serve and contribute toward it. Because I, I love what we read through scripture, whether it's Peter teaching or Paul, but the many parts of the body. Oh yeah. Talking yeah. about the spiritual gifts that God has given so that what? So you can contribute back that's right. to God's greater kingdom purpose. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So the question might come up, well then, well, if staff aren't going to do it, why do we have all these staff? Mm. You know, one thing we want to make sure that staff are doing is that they're actually empowering and they're to help volunteers, not to replace volunteers. Yeah, that's good. You know, we, we want uh, we want to be a volunteer-led church, mm-hmm. a church that volunteers have a lot of agency and ability to make decisions and contribute. We don't want decisions just to be made uh, behind closed doors and like, oh, you know, I wonder what this is going to be like or how, how, how the conversation is going to go about this. We want people to have... Um, uh, some some responsibility. <laughs> and so when we hire within our church, you know, the goal is to actually empower the volunteers yeah. in our church through that hire, yeah. not to replace the volunteer. Uh, this gets me even so much more excited for a new church as we come together. Yes. And this is part of what we see, church, is that um, us following this way, coming yeah. to contribute, to serve, we're, we're going to experience more of God's presence, more of his fruit reaching Absolutely. people, more people coming and getting excited about God as we're all participating and all in together. Yeah. So yeah. if you haven't signed up to be a part of serving somewhere in the church, no matter what your skills are, like if you, if you go, I don't have any skills, I can only carve wood. I'm sure we could have somebody carving wood somewhere. We need a wood carver. We need a wood carver. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. nothing against wood carvers. No. My grandfather was a carpenter, but yeah. we could use whatever skill you have and plug it in somewhere in our church because God has gifted you for such a time as this. Absolutely. This is going to be good. Yeah. And I, this was our last conversation. Yeah. But we're going to continue this in different formats because yep. uh, we've just begun. Let's keep having healthy conversations yeah. about becoming one church for God's glory. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone who isn't as familiar yet, that was Pastor Brandon Richardson, who's formerly of Slate Church Waterloo, having conversations with myself, uh, who have been the lead pastor here at Koinonia. And the whole premise idea behind what we're talking about is becoming one new church together. And I'm going to talk more about that this morning, but I don't want to distract you by what I'm wearing, so I better refer to it. Um, Those in the back, you can't see it. Do you want me to hold it up so you can see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This is our Koinonia Kingsman's hockey jersey, and um, we just happened to win last night. Now, there's reason, finally, yes, finally. Um, I heard the worship song in, earlier that nothing's impossible with God, you know, <laughs> just hang on. And finally, yes, we have played uh, 11 games, and last night was our first win. So, 
I wear this jersey proudly. I've worn it all the other games, but very humbly. <laughs> but as I wear it this morning, it's, it says on it, if you can't read it at the back, it says Koinonia Kings. And we actually have two teams. Uh, this is actually the Koinonia Kings jersey. I play for the Koinonia Kings men, which is a new team this year. And we've, we've had a lot of fun. We, we've had some amazing times together. And as we've entered into this hockey season, um, we, we put this team that I'm playing on into the league. It's new this year. And Slate has two teams. You've heard me refer to their two teams as well. So combined as a new church, we have four teams. And as we started into this, this season, we thought, what do we do about hockey jerseys? <laughs> like, uh, it says Koinonia on it. And if we're going to get a new name that we're going to introduce to you this morning, well, oh my goodness, that's going to cost us money. So sometimes people are like, well, let's not bring about change if it costs us money, right? Is that the right reason to avoid change? No. Say it again. No. Okay, thank you. But even though I like the jersey, now that we finally have one, I think I'm going to autograph it and hang it up. One and we're done, okay? You know? <laughs> no, no. We're believing for more wins this season. But when do you come into seasons of change, sometimes it means that it's going to cost something. It may be dollars, it may be energy, it may be time. It may mean that actually you have to take what you're very familiar and comfortable in and take it off and be willing to lay it down and, and receive something new. Now, I am going to take my jersey off. And somebody said, am I sporting the new church's jersey underneath? No, I'm not. Okay, so just relax for a second. I take this off this morning because it's not all about playing games, right? Life is bigger than playing games. But there's some things we attach to that we, as I said, feel comfortable in, feel protected in. I'm not wearing all my hockey gear underneath. But when we get out there on the ice, you want to be protected. You want to be familiar. You want to be with a team or a group that you know and they know you. Because that feels like it's safest and it's home. But sometimes God calls us to take off the familiar and actually to lay it down and release it and say, thank you, God, for that season. That was an amazing season. Now, just so you know, the hockey team is going to keep playing. We've got games next week and we're carrying on. For the sake of this illustration, we were laying things down in this season and not because the season was bad. Like, we got to win, <laughs> you know. And we're laying some things out here at Koinonia. We're going to be releasing and laying, and actually, as I think about the name Koinonia, we're actually giving it back to God. Because I truly believe that Pastor Stephen Beth and the, the leaders who are part of Koinonia from the very beginning believe this was a biblical name for their church. It was a name that they prayed into and asked God about. And they embraced it and said, this is going to be the name of our community, our church, Koinonia. And we're not deleting Koinonia. We're not erasing it. But there is some uncomfortableness in taking off the familiar and releasing it. There could be some sadness in it as well. And I want to talk a little bit about all the emotions that are in the wins and the maybe losses, the letting goes. I want to talk a bit about that this morning as I'm bringing the last message in our Big Deal series. For the past five Sundays... We've been talking about topics that are a big deal to God. Things that he says are, these are important to me. 
And we've been talking about them, and today I'll add number six, because these are also things that we believe are to be a part of new church, of what God's calling us to be designed as a new church. And so this morning, as we prepare and anticipate for this announcement of just releasing a church name, I acknowledge that there's emotions connected with the name Koinonia Christian Fellowship. 39 years of emotions. Some of you have been here your entire lives. And others have been here for a short time, but it's been an amazing time with God. Some of you, this is your home church where you met your spouse and maybe got married here in this building. Or this is where you got baptized and you declared Jesus is Lord. Or maybe it was where you experienced some inner healing or some physical healing of your body. And so there's been many memories and connections to Koinonia. And we're not going to delete those. Actually, in January, our intent and plan, leadership, is to honor both churches, Slate and Koinonia, throughout throughout January and reflect on the history and all that God is doing because we believe God wants to build on the foundation that he's established in both churches. And he wants to take all of us farther than we've been so far. So I want you to know that for God, Koinonia has been a big deal. And I want to let you know that I see that and know that. Because as I am the leader leading us toward this change and toward this new idea and vision, sometimes people don't think too fondly of the leader. Are you aware of that? I'm aware of that. (laughs) Coming through this process, there's been lots of emotion that's been stirred up. And I could just say, hey guys, come on. We lost last week. We got to get in it this week and we got to win. So just get out there and play harder. It's time to suck it up, you know? Winners don't cry. I could, I could easily bring that message. That's not the message I'm bringing. No, I'm going to guide us to say, would you continue to come with me as I come with God, as we prayerfully follow and say, Lord, show us what the future looks like. Show us what you are doing in your church, because this is his church. And I'm not leading us through a change just so I can mess things up. I'm not, you know, that's not me as a leader to go, ah, it's just been too neat and orderly. It's time to, you know, change things. That's not why I'm leading us in this direction. There have been many times actually I've felt waves of fear in this idea of becoming one new church. Fear of laying down what we're comfortable and familiar with. There's been many times I thought, um, in my mind, hearing the message, look what I'm doing to us all. How could I be so careless about people? To me, fear has sounded like everyone hates you and you're destroying what is theirs. I'm like, oh man. Those are some things I've had to pray through and say, God, is this true? Is this what I'm doing? Is this what people are feeling? God, what do you say in the midst of this idea of merging? And what God keeps me bringing back, the truth is, merging is God's idea, not my idea. And you can go to some of our leaders, you can go to some of my mentors, because I've asked them, wait, was this my idea? (laughs) And they said, no, no, no. This is something that had been prayed in long before you, Brian, and prayed into to see what God wants to do. And this church isn't about ours, and we're losing something that's ours necessarily. This church is God's. 
And he's called us to be a part of it with the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the prayers that have been answered and the prayers that haven't been answered yet. And he's called us to step into it and yes, to it's okay to bring our emotion. To even let tears be real through this experience. For us as a Ferguson family, Koinonia has been our home church since 2012. Uh, we came and said, yes, we're going to set down our roots here and plant and Koinonia is going to be home. And our kids were already in the Christian school that we have here. They were already in the grades for a number of years. And, but we said, no, we need a home church as well. And I wasn't pastoring anywhere at that time. And, and so we dis- discerned and said, we believe Koinonia is going to be the spot. And I received some of my healing in my heart and mind because I came to Koinonia in a state of brokenness. I've shared some of my testimony in past weeks. And I remember sitting right in some of these chairs. Those are some powerful healing chairs right there. And during worship, and I couldn't worship because of the brokenness, the woundedness of my heart. But I was listening to you worship. I was listening to the leaders, and they were pointing me toward my Heavenly Father. And it was an amazing how my faith continued to get stronger as I heard the tr- truth sung out in this very room. Rebecca and I have served here at, at Koinonia as 2020 leaders. We were volunteer 2020 leaders, our young adult ministry. And then it was while we were here that I felt awakening to my calling back to serve the church as a pastor again. And Pastor Steve and I had conversations, and I did with Pastor Steve and the elders, and and they affirmed to hire and bring me on staff in 2015. I've been on staff since then. And I served as our operations director. Yeah, pushing the broom and, and moving the mop around and working with an amazing team. I served, continued to serve as our young adults pastor and then our youth pastor when we had a transition. So I was kind of juggling some generations in there. And then serving on our pastoral team, and it was in 2019 when Pastor Steve Fleming, Koinonia's founding pastor, and I transitioned leadership, and I became our lead pastor here at Koinonia. And I remember just a a short time after that, 2019, yes, yeah, the world changed in March of 2020, pandemic effect and all of that. And I remember there were still transitions in those early years as I was leading with all of you. And I remember having a conversation with Pastor Dave Champion when he was our school principal, and he was transitioning out of that role. And I remember Dave and I talking about it, and I said, Dave, and this just came out of my inner feeling, I just said, Dave, it's not going to be very long, it's just going to be a couple years till I'm having the conversation of what younger leaders are coming in and replacing me in my lead role. That was in 2021. I had no idea what God was planning for us in 2023 and 24. But the feelings that I had is that I know this, is, this merger means that change is inevitable. Change is happening. But I truly believe God is bigger than the feelings and experiences we're having in the midst of the change. That God has something that he's up to that we're praying into. We can see some things in part, but he's got more in store and he's calling us to continue to walk with him and trust him. I can't help but parallel it, and we've used this illustration many times talking about merger of marriage. But there's a next step, or the earlier step in marriage, is when we as the parents see our adult kids starting to hang out with one particular friend more than the rest. 
And eventually you hear, you can see some love expression in there. And you, you hear them start to talk about their future and start to talk about marriage. And, and I remember it hitting me with my daughters. You know, um, well, actually it did with my son too, but I'll come back to him for a moment. But first with my daughters, because as they were then being courted and wooed by somebody who was drawn to them, that I thought, one day they're going to take his name and they're going to let go of my name. How am I going to feel about that? And so I remember processing that and Rebecca and I talking about it. And, you know, probably as a dad casually, like, hey, is there any chance he would take our name and be a part of our, you know? Just humanly, right? Sometimes we, we like our name best. But when I could see God's presence on them and his anointing for them, and I could see the family that he came from as a part of the family of God, and I was like, oh, I want nothing more. But just now my name gets extended and gets included in another family. But there's emotions when names are changing. Now I'll go back to my oldest son and when Nick and Caitlin were uh, first starting to date, and it's interesting, they, uh, their, their relationship kind of took off at a Young Adult 2020 retreat that I was leading, Rebecca and I were leading, and I just had this spontaneous idea at lunchtime, and I said, okay, so instead of just ladies go first for lunch, you know, we've already done that for a few meals, I said, find somebody of the opposite gender and get in line with them, and Nick and Caitlin found each other. <laughs> in line going up to get food. But this is where the name part comes because change, when they started to talk, and Caitlin's a little bit older than Nick, and, and so I said to my son, I said, hey, Nick, if, if you're serious about this young woman and you're going to start dating, and if marriage comes up, pretty soon you're going to be talking about having kids. And again, you know, I'm, I'm just a young dad at the point, and I could easily inserted my opinion and said, I don't want to be a grandpa, so you're not allowed to marry her, because that would change my life. But it's not about me. It wasn't my life. It was what was God doing with the two of them? What was he calling them? And God knows the best time for them to get married, and the best time for them to have family, and the best time for them to take on new names. And so I said, oh God, humble me to walk out the changes in my life. Because more changes are no doubt to come. As we walk about, uh, talk about this merger and this idea of coming together in one new church, I want to encourage you to continue processing, processing all of your thoughts and emotions, processing them with God, but then also talking with one another. And, and as you talk, as maybe if you're married, you talk with your spouse, but then come together with another couple. Or even process it in your small group about what God is doing. What could he be doing? Can we just bring our emotions here? And Is this a safe place that we can share them with one another and then pray together so that we can seek what's God's heart in all of this? I told you that in January we plan to process as two churches and look back and honor uh, the, the history of Koinonia and the history of Slade. And, and we're looking forward to that. January will be some time. But, but now's the time for you to keep, keep processing and praying together. As leadership, we have done that. As Koinonia elders and board, we have, we've taken time to process together. We had a powerful experience a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago now. And we sat in a room together and we looked at three questions. And the first one was, hey, let's go around the circle and share. What are some of the things that you are praising God for from your time here at Koinonia? From what God, you've seen God do through the years that you've been here. 
And the second one was then share what's something that you still carry some pain about or disappointment that hasn't been realized or you're affected by here, Koinonia. And then the third one was, now let's look at the first two and say, God, then how will you use the celebrations and how will you use our faith toward our disappointments so that we can help lead and be a part of what you are calling your church into for the future? It was powerful. We had tears as friends and leaders. We cried together. We laughed together. We reflected together. And then we rose up in faith together and said, God, we bring it all to you. Show us what you are doing with your church and where you are taking us. And I truly think that would be a good exercise for any of you in your groups or your families as well to have conversations together just like that. Personally, I've done a lot of processing over the last 15 months as I've shared with you some of my fears and some of my um, uh, beliefs and, and steps of faith. But you know what came to me just recently in the last month or so was another memory with Pastor Steve. And it was just before I transitioned with him. And again, if you're newer to Koinonia, Pastor Stephen Bleth Fleming started Koinonia um, in 1984. And they have been the lead pastors for 35 years. And I was the next leader transitioning into the lead role. And I remember Steve and I talking. We had lots of conversations in our offices. And, and I remember one thing he said to me. He said, Brian, I just, I'm sensing something. And I'm going to share it with you. He said, I'm sensing that in the next five years, you in the lead role, you're going to experience as much as Koinonia has in the first 35 years. He said, I have no idea what that's going to look like. I don't know how it's possible, but you're going to be caught up to speed in the next five years of everything we've gone through in the first 35. We know the pandemic accelerated things, didn't it? <laughs> Even during that, I didn't remember this download that Pastor Steve gave me till just in the last month. And I was like, oh man, yeah, I feel like I've aged 35 years <laughs> in the last four. And many of us have those feelings. And even if we age quicker than we want to or like it, that's why we hold on to the one who's eternal. Because he keeps us young at heart. He keeps us from growing old and weary. He puts things in perspective to say, hey, this is what I'm calling you to. Hang on to me. I shared at Slate's evening service a couple weeks ago with a younger generation of university students and young professionals. And I said to them, I shared with them the story of Caleb, Joshua and Caleb. They were the two guys that were part of the 12 that went into Canaan that Moses sent to spy out the land. And when they came out, they were the two guys that said, we can do it. Our God is great, and he could lead us into that land. The rest of the 10 said, no, we don't want change. We're afraid. No, let's, let's not go. And for 40 years, the church was waiting to step into their destiny or the people of God. I said to those young people at Slate, uh, as we gathered, I said, I want to be like Caleb. Because it says of Caleb, when he was 85, it said he was still as strong and vigorous as when he went in to spy the land at 40 years old. I'm like, I want to be like that. And so I said to the younger generation, can you help me, a 53-year-old, get to 85? Because I'm going to need you. I can't do it alone. God purposes us for to be together in generations. That's a big deal. We've already talked about that. God purposes us for, to come together in generations to fulfill his purpose for his church. It's a big deal. 
this new church and new name that we're going to share with you today, um, I keep dwelling on, and we as a team believe it's a big deal. And because it's such a big deal, what God has in store for us must be even bigger than what we can think or imagine. Because God only calls his people to go into something that will bring him greater glory and draw more people into his family. And that's what stirs me to say, church, would you continue to come with us and be involved in this big deal of emerging to become new? Um, I want to encourage you to be involved. This past Thursday night, we had a launch night. Uh, sorry, this past Tuesday night, we had a launch night. Launch nights are open to anyone who says, I want to be a part of helping carry the vision into the future. I want to be a part of it. So if you've missed one, the next one is December 12th. Um, sign up to our weekly newsletters. And then when you get them, you actually got to read the newsletter. Otherwise, you'll miss the date. I was looking at my brother. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> he confessed. He's like, I missed the launch night. I said, it was in the email. He's like, well, I didn't read the email. And for all my spiritual brothers, relax, it was my birth brother. Just point it out. <laughs> but I'm going to invite you to be a part of this launch, launch, uh, launching this new church into the future. I'm going to invite you to be a part of Thursday morning prayer times. It's on Zoom, so you actually don't even need to. It's, it's pretty easy to get on Zoom. And you can be a part of praying for this merger over the next two months. I want you to invite, it's 6.45 to 7.30. It's 45 minutes. Um, yeah, God calls us to pray together. It's really, go online, kcf.life slash update, and you'll find your way to Zoom links. You'll find your way to the next launch dates. You'll find your information. But let me review some of the things we've talked about that are a big deal to God, that we've covered in our five weeks so far. Unity is a big deal to God. Words and ways of Jesus are a big deal to God. Identity and finding our identity in Christ is a big deal to God. Being a generous people like our generous Heavenly Father is a big deal to God. Consuming in a healthy way so we can contribute is a big deal to God. And this morning, what I'm highlighting is we as a new church are also called to, to go. We are going to be a scattering church. That's a big deal to God. God has actually called us not just to come and stay, but actually to go as well. The two words from Jesus to his disciples and earlier followers were, come, follow me. And then after a little bit of time, they said, now go, I'm sending you. And you're like, mixed messages. I thought, I thought we were just supposed to come and get comfortable and, you know, be a unit together. And now you're, you're sending us out. But I love all that Jesus has brought in, in the depth of his message and his heart. Matthew 4 verse 19 is where he first said, come follow me. And he called Andrew, and then he called his brother Peter, and then he called Nathaniel and Philip. John and James, you guys are hanging out with Andrew and Peter, come follow me. And soon there was 12, and then there was more men and some women that were following him and, and following after learning from him, listening to him, receiving and absorbing what he was saying, and he was teaching what the Father had given him. And he kept saying to people, come follow me. And he wasn't calling them to just get comfortable. Um, because when we get comfortable, sometimes we can get lazy. I thought about showing you the lazy, latest Lazy Boy commercial. Um, I think there's a phrase in it, something like, hey, 
you work hard nine to five, so now from five to nine, you need to stretch out, and this is all about you time. That was a message that my ears want to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, I deserve to rest because I work hard. That's not God speaking. That's marketing speaking. <laughs> That's a company saying, come buy my latest product, and their products look pretty good. Just saying. I'm not asking you if you got a lazy boy, okay? We're not going there. I'm not knocking the company either. I hope my casket looks that comfortable. Because <laughs> that's when I'll be resting eternally. <laughs> but Jesus wasn't calling us in to follow him to just get comfortable. He was actually calling us to say, I'm going to bring change in your life. Transformation to your mind. Healing for your heart. And then I want you to take what I've done for you and I'm going to send you out and I want you to share the same message with others. And I looked into the eyes of the disciples as I read scripture and I see them hearing, "What? wait, you want us to go now and, and, and do what you've been doing? But we're not Jesus. We're not the son of God. But he said, but everything I have received from the Father, I have given to you. And now I want you to go and Share it with others. For Jesus, that was the big send. (laughs) The big send is a big deal. Because we're to be a church that not just gathers, but is ready to scatter and to go. And I remember reading this early on in my faith and reading what Jesus said about come follow me. And then when he said go, I, I felt paralyzed. I'm like, I can't go. I'm afraid to share my faith. I want to put on my comfortable jersey and go back in with the team that I know. And I don't want to go out there because, Jesus, some of the people in this world don't like you. And he's like, yeah, I told you that as well. They hated me first. They're probably not going to be so fond of you. But it's not about a popularity contest. I remember reading that, those two big letters, G-O. And I was like, just no, God, I don't want to go. <laughs> And then I read the disciples, and I'm like, so what did they do? How did they handle this? And we read in Luke 9 and 10, and I'm just referencing it for you to go back, and please read some of these chapters this week. Because in in Luke um, 9, Jesus sent out the 12. In Luke uh, 10, the next chapter, he sent out 72 people. So the 12 came back, and he goes, okay, I'm going to add to you and send out a few more. And he said, you're actually going to go amongst people that make you feel like you're a lamb amongst wolves. Does that make you a little nervous? He said, actually, you're going to go places where you won't be received peacefully. He said, you're going to go places and they're going to feed you stuff and just be polite and just eat what you're served. Don't take anything with you. Don't take your jersey because that's really comfortable. I want you to leave that at home. Don't take your money. I want you to empty your pockets And I want you to leave that at home. I want you to trust in me. Because if you learn to trust in me, there's going to be nothing that will defeat you. Do you hear what he's talking about? Our eyes see the obstacles, the roadblocks. But Jesus said, keep your eyes on me and I will lead you through. But when the disciples came back, they were excited that the demons submitted to them in Jesus' name that people got healed, that they were able to preach. And they said, Jesus, look at all the things we accomplished for you. You can read about it in Luke chapter 10. And he says, whoa, guys, slow down. Slow down. I know that's some exciting stuff right there. But he said, what you need to be most concerned about is that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
You need to be most concerned that your name is recorded in God's book in heaven. And so I, I would study that passage in Luke 10 and go, oh God, I've got my focus off. I've got my focus on how many wins we can make as a team. How we can get our name known amongst uh, this city so that we're a happening church that people want to go to. And he said, no. He said, be most excited that your name is written in my heavenly father's book of eternal life. Be most excited that you've received Jesus as your son because I can do something with that. And church, that's where I want to call you in a response to today's message that we are going to be a scattering church, that we're going to, in a few moments, be here a new name. The changes are still going to keep coming. We're going to get new jerseys and all those kind of things. And, and there can be some discomfort in that. I want you to come back to Luke chapter 10 and go, God, remind me, what am I to be excited about? Oh, yeah, that my name is written in your book because that brings me stability, security. That makes it known to me that, oh, this is where I is safe and where it's safe with the Father, then I can go from this place into what he has next for me. Luke 10, 21 is your memory verse for this week. <laughs> You're like, wait, we're supposed to memorize scripture? That's a good thing. Luke 10, 21, be excited that your name is written in God's book. And then when he scatters you and sends you and introduces in your personal life change, you can embrace it and say, that's okay, because my name is written in eternity, and I'm going to be there with my heavenly Father. So I shared with you that, yeah, there was at times I felt paralyzed and fearful to share my faith. I felt Fearful of being treated like Jesus, rejected, laughed at, that I would end up with no friends. <laughs> but all those times when you focus on those things, you quickly close your circle and you realize, man, that's already my existing life. <laughs> I need to get out of this and I need to follow God and what he's already called me to. Step into it and say, my name is written, Father, and my eyes are on you. So wherever you lead me in this temporary spot of earth, I'm going to go and I'm going to declare your name. Whether it means rejection, whether it means violence and war. And I say that very respectfully for our Slavic-speaking community that is here from Ukraine, Uzbekistan, Russia. I've heard many strong testimonies of our brothers and sisters who have come out of those countries saying, but my God is leading me. My God is the, the one who we are to trust in. And I believe God has brought many from our Slavic-speaking community for us in North America to learn about your faith and how you trust God through heartache and warfare. Am I wishing that that comes to Canada? Absolutely not. But our faith needs to be ready like it's going to come. Our faith needs to be that solid and hanging on to God. And that's why believing in Jesus is a big deal. Because that's where it starts. When we have that faith and our relationship with Jesus, then we're ready to be scattered and sent beyond what is familiar to us. Are you with me, church? Speaking of being scattered and sent from what's familiar, I think this is a good segue to invite the two of you to come up. Pastor Brandon, Pastors Brandon and Emma to come up. Yeah, welcome them. You guys already know what we've been talking about. Yeah, it's actually really cool to walk out of one message that was talking about this very thing. I feel like we picked up on the end of it somewhere else. Come on, I get a good so, you out. <laughs> Bless you, buddy. Emma. 
I yeah. Have a yeah, did you hear about did you hear anything? We heard. We heard the we heard the other side of it. I did not tell them who we played. Oh. They played. And I think the name is fitting, but they played the slave pile. Nate Nate uh, Lambert was speaking this morning. He was confessing of his pride before the game of how he was going on and on about, "Hey, we can beat these guys no problem. Whoever hasn't gotten a goal this year, we'll get a goal tonight." And then he fell pretty hard, is what I heard. <laughs> we came out on the ice together, so they're talking about Pastor Nate Lambert. He's our site pastor of our evening location with our young professionals and students. And, and we, he and I met up somewhere around center ice during warm-up, and I said, hey, Nate, why don't we just gather both teams together and almost like do a, a cheer and a prayer together, because we're going to be one church tomorrow announcing a new name. He just kind of looked at me, and he's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> So we did, and we had some circle time right there. I don't know what the refs thought, but it was good to be together as one team. This is the last thing I'll say about hockey. You guys are probably wondering, like, what did this message just become? We're about to announce a new name. Did you tell them that? I did tell them that, yeah. They know why you're here. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Who are these people? Um, But we were in the, I was in the captain's meeting of the the hockey league at the beginning of the year, and somebody was like, oh, we heard about this merger that's happening. Like, so you guys really have enough players for four teams? And I was like, actually, if next year when you put it all together, we'd probably have enough for five. We just didn't need no two of the rest of the people. So if you want to play hockey, make sure you can. And we can beat each other. In it doesn't matter. Anytime we play, it's just a win. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's, that's how much I, I hate losing. Brian and I are like, you know what? We won't lose any hockey games if we just join up. <laughs> Bless you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a process as we're merging these two churches together to bring in a lot of new things, right? A lot of changes that are happening. We've been talking about that in the videos that Brandon and Brian have been doing and over the messages and the big deal and all of those sorts of things. And we are two months and two days away from the launch of this new church together, which is pretty wild. It's exciting. A lot going on with it. But You'll remember that a couple months ago, we brought you into this process of naming the new church and what this could look like. And we got a lot of different responses and a lot of different um, suggestions for names. Some were really great. Some were interesting. Um, We're not going to out any of those ones right now. But uh, yeah, we were able to whittle it down and we were kind of playing with a few different names and trying to figure out the right one. And the reality is we've said a couple times, we wanted the name to be as simple to say and to spell as Slate Church and have as much meaning behind it as Koinonia. And so that was a bit of a task put before us and team and all of that. So unfortunately, that does mean that Koinonia is off the table. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, didn't make the cut. <laughs> uh, what else is off the table? New church? Yeah, yeah, we. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about, if you've been in the room for our launch nights, is um, also just this idea that when people name their kids at Slate Church, like there's like I don't know, like 20 pregnant women, and they're all like excited to share their their name, and I think they're just they're excited that everybody's going to receive their name the way that they thought of their name. 
But I don't know if anybody's over the age of 60 in the room that you're just kind of wondering what's going on with people naming their children these days. <laughs> I want you to know that that's not unique to being over 60. It's just everybody on the outside is just kind of like, that's nice. <laughs> like, I, 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 anyway, that's, that's not to say that we picked the best names ourselves, but that's my, I, we're, just, we're just saying this because that might be how you receive this name Yeah, it might, in take, a a little bit of it might take a little bit of time to warm up, grow yeah. on you. Yeah. So we tried to pick a name with some meaning. Like yeah. What are some of the meanings we want? We wanted a church, uh, a name that represented... F- foundation, solid. Yep. I'm thinking of our core values, faithful. Yep. Spirit-led. Yeah. Yeah. Generations. Generations. Something that would stand strong. Yeah. And we really do believe the name that we um, eventually landed on communicates that. Now, if you were there at our launch team meeting this past week, you got an, you got an introductory look a feeler for the name this past Tuesday. But one thing we haven't even shown anybody is actually the logo that encompasses it. So right here, we're going to announce the name. We're not going to carry this on too much longer than this. Um, but we have a, a name that we really believe will grow on everybody or uh, immediately make you kind of excited about the future that we're walking into, plus the logo to go along with it for the very first time. And uh, so we're really excited. What We should do like a, like a, like a drum roll, everybody. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> so come January 28th, we will be called Base Church. Yeah. So you guys can take a look at the screen here. There it is. It's in the public for the first time. And this is the whole logo. You might be uh, wondering, like, okay, where's the logo? That, that is the logo. <laughs> why, don't we t- why don't we show just a couple of images here of what, what it might look like on a sign or... Um, that sort of thing. So, oh, it's going to be in the middle. Yeah. Um, so here's like an invite card. You know, you'll be invited. It's just going to scroll through some stuff. Um, we're going to use that B as something that we take it aside. Um, so let's go back to the first thing again. We're Ooh, scanning through the one. colors. We like the banner. Cool. Yeah, it yeah, looks cool. We'll go back to the very first slide for the announcements. I just want to explain a little bit of the design behind the logo because you might be going, either you're like really excited or you're underwhelmed. I don't know what you're feeling right now. But... Um, one of the things that was immediately said about this logo is somebody said, um, uh, but church is bigger. Hmm. And one of the things that we said is like, yeah, exactly. Like this is, this is what we're excited about is the reality is that this group of believers here in Waterloo Region is, we, we've given it a, a, a name, base. That's exciting. But the reality is, is that we belong to something much bigger than just base church. We belong to the capital C church. We have a focus on making sure that we're not just building what we have going on in here. And look at the room. It's full today. But we have a responsibility to build what is happening outside of these four walls. And so we're really excited that, it, you know, the capital C church is in there. It's italicized. There's an emphasis on it. And yet what we still have is the word base with this little, um, this, this, um, uh, I was going to, I keep wanting to say exante gu. Um, <laughs> that's not what it is at all. My French teacher would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> or I not. Don't, I don't know if they wish you would be. Actually, it's not even what it is, is no. it? <laughs> well, we got this line we underneath line. The, the B, and it just establishes a strong foundation, something we can actually pull and put as a marker and identifier on a lot of the other things that we do. Do you guys want to comment on the logo at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. As Brandon was saying, it just creates this, again, this base 
that we are building off of. And so as we're coming up and having those conversations around this strong foundation and even a place where we gather to then go out from, Base Church really encompasses that, right? Like a home base, a base camp, so to speak, that we can actually build, grow, develop, and keep moving forward with. So, yeah, this is... uh, this is trying, attempting to encompass that. Yeah, and I, I was going to highlight that we, came, we were, a lot of uh, different logos were submitted, yeah. and some of them were very cool, yeah. but some were very busy, and we were just like, no, let's keep this basic. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, come on. Let the puns begin. <laughs> All the puns. Yeah, let the puns begin. Hey, one thing we wanted to mention, and we mentioned this at Slate, but also here at Koinonia, this isn't the end of a book. This is just the beginning of a new chapter. Mm. And I think that the chapter that has existed even here um, at Konerny is a, is a beautiful chapter. We're not looking to erase history. We're looking to celebrate it and also follow faithfully into the future of what God has for us. And I'm, I think I'm really excited because as we explain the meaning behind this name, that um, it, it connotates this idea of a strong foundation. It gives us this idea. One of the things that we liked is that uh, it sounds a little bit like base camp. And this idea that we come back and we gather as a church filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and reach this world that we live in. And it's on that idea in particular of base camp, base church. This is home base, which also I don't think we announced that slate, but we might as well just tell you right now, our small groups in the future are also going to be called home bases, which I think is really special as we we gather around uh, and, and, and actually be the church in smaller groups. Um, but it's that idea of the base camp that leads us into the next announcement. And uh, if you didn't like this name, that's great because we got another name coming for you <laughs> that you're really not going to like uh, or you're going to really like. And the purpose behind it is to actually give a name to the, what we're calling our launch team. So our launch team, yeah, they're not getting it on the live online. Feed? Yep. All right. Go for it. That's okay. Online. They didn't really want you to hear most of what I'm saying anyway, just in case they wanted to edit it later. But um, this keeps happening. I keep showing up here and the power goes out and and nothing against, I just think it's me, it's this effect. (laughs) Anyway, um, but um, we wanted to give an identity to those that wanted to be a part of the launch process. Again, can I have everybody that was in the room that was a part of launching Koinonia 38 years ago, could you just give a wave? You were like on the, maybe in the first year. You were just here in the first year. No, nobody. We got, hey, Lauren. Yeah, yep. We got some yeah. hands. We do have some hands. Wave it, wave it. You're like, can we celebrate <laughs> these people? It's exciting. Okay, if you want to know the history of Koinonia and how much it means to be a part of this church, go talk to them. And the reason you need to talk to them is because that being a part of launching something is really, really special. We have these launch nights that, um, most of you have not been at, and I know that just because of the size of the room there versus the size of the room here, plus we've invited in uh, slate leaders as well, and so it just doesn't equal the size of our church, and I know that there's a desire in all of our hearts to actually be a part of the launch, to be able to say 38 years from now that you'll be the one waving in the crowd going, I was there on day one when we established base church. We dreamed again for the church in Ontario, the church in this region. I know you want to be a part of that. And so rather than just having four launch nights, which really, I mean, you could say, we just showed up to you and went away from, we wanted to establish a team. And now on that idea of base camp, this is where the new name comes in for launch team, because we wanted it to be memorable. Okay. 
So on the idea of base camp exploration and all the rest, what we want to invite everybody into the room, and you can laugh if you want, you can cheer, you can, whatever the emotion that comes, you can cry. <laughs> Boo. Don't leave. It's like, it gets better from here. It's like we wanted to set the, the expectation super low so we could exceed it later. But what we want to invite you into as a part of the, what, what is a launch team is we want to invite you into the Sherpa Club. Okay? Sherpa Club. Brian, what's a Sherpa? <laughs> yeah. Some people wonder, isn't it just a woolly sweater that we put on? But no, Sherpas we know as mountain guides. The experts who know the terrain, know the territory, know the weather conditions, and will help guide the rest of the group in the journey to the destination. And so that's why we're calling you to be Sherpas, to step in and say, for the next two months, put my hand up. I want to know as much as I can, get information, so I can help guide other people in this direction of the merge. He shared that much better than we did in the last two <laughs> services. Yeah. You might need to go come clarify that over in <laughs> yeah. Waterloo. Could you just follow Because they're probably a little bit confused. But what, what, what does it mean to be a part of the Sherpa Club? Okay, so what's the commitment? What does that actually look like over the next couple of months? So basically, we are going to be having... Oh, here we go. Switching again. We're going to be having two in-person meetings, launch nights, Sherpa Club nights, one on December 12th, one on January 19th. So you can mark your calendars now. Opportunity to gather together, worship together, get more vision and direction of what is coming up and information and have conversations, pray with one another, all of these great things. We are also going to be sending out newsletters to the Sherpa Club every single week, giving the most up-to-date information on what is happening with the merge, with the launch of Base Church. We have an opportunity for all of us to pray together as well. Every Thursday morning, we're going to be having prayer gatherings on Zoom, so you can just turn on your video, turn off your video if you're in the midst of getting ready, make it work with your schedule. But 6.45 to 7.30 a.m., we're going to be praying just towards the launch of this new church. And then 10 days leading up to January 28th, which is our launch day, we're going to be having 10 days of prayer and fasting. In the midst of that, we're going to have on January 24th, 24 hours of prayer. And this is an opportunity as both church communities coming together to sign up for a, a chance to pray. We're going to be praying throughout those 24 hours. It doesn't mean that you need to pray for 24 hours straight, but just a chance to, to sign up for a time slot, an hour, two hours, come in and pray together with other people and really dedicate that time to saying, okay, God, would you just be in this? We are following and obeying after you. So that's happening on the 24th yeah. as well. So those are some components there. Really easy to be part of Sherpa Club. Um, KCF.life, go to update, and right in the middle is this cool word called join Sherpa Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a very short statement, Sherpa Club is an invitation for every single person that calls Quinonia home to join the launch team of Base Church. And we want to invite you on this two-month journey to become a guide, not just somebody who's consuming what Base Church is going to be, but somebody that's committing to being a part of Base Church. So our hope is that anybody that joins the Sherpa Club would commit to the future of Base Church, that would commit to being involved in Slate, in Slate Church. i got to get that name out of my brain now. Um, uh, commit to Base Church. And third, to commit to giving towards um, Base Church. And so that's the invite. We want to invite everybody. If you choose to be a part of the Sherpa Club, and hopefully this isn't the next thing I'm going to say, isn't the reason you join. But if you're on the fence, one of the things we're going to do is we're actually going to make patches um, that you, can, you get after the two months. So just a memory of being a part of this team, which I think is fun. I do a lot of backpacking. 
Uh, what about you guys got old school with this week? Uh, she said, when we travel different places, I collect patches and pins from where I've been. Yeah, yeah. So she said, when I heard Sherpa Club has a patch, I'm like, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> so if you're on the fence, join for the patch. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Um, we're stepping into some really significant days here. And uh, we just want to thank you all for journeying along with us, being a part of the, um, being part of all this. And again, this is for everybody. We want everybody to be able to be a part and to say, hey, I, I was there um, at the beginning in 2024 when God stirred something new in our congregation, in this city, and what he wanted to do. So I think that's it for Emma and I. Yeah. I can tell you this, just from coming from two services into this one, the church is alive. Yeah. Man, yeah. the church is thriving. And we get to be a part of something really special. So we jumped in in the middle to the end of your message. Yeah, that's all right. I don't know how you want to close. This is your thing. Yeah, Rebecca, come on up here. Yeah. Um, I like to pray over the two of you mm. and us join together to pray over where God's taking us. Yeah. Um, I don't think I introduced who they are. Have you caught on who they are? Um, pastor Brandon and Pastor Emma Richardson have been the lead pastors of Slate Church for the last six years. And uh, we've affirmed and see their gifting fits with leading this new church forward. And I'm going to be part of the team as the location pastor still here at Bloomingdale. We've got other team members. Um, but as we've grown in friendship with you, as we have a church are getting to know you, we want to call out your gifting and calling that God's placed in you and look forward to what we all can do as God sends us out together. Awesome. So, so can I pray over you? And then Rebecca will close our service off. If the, would you stand, church? Let's stand. And, and I know we've gone a little bit overtime, right? Sometimes overtime, you have to go to overtime to get the win. You know that? <laughs> Not last night. It was decisive. Not last night, yeah. But would you just join me in prayer as we pray for this new church, base church. Father, we step into this moment in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. We submit all of our humor, our jokes, our fun. Yeah. We submit all the work already that's gone into it, the logos, everything that we've been working on to this point. Yeah. And Father, we bow before you and, and we acknowledge this is your church. Yeah. Jesus, you called out to your disciples and said, who do people say that I am? Mm. And Peter responded, said with, with emphasis, you are the Christ, yeah. the Messiah, the son of the living God. Yeah. And we as a community are here testifying that to that truth, that Jesus, that's who we believe you are. Amen. And then you've called pastors Brandon and Emma. You've called Rebecca and I. You've called other team members, volunteer and staff to say yes, yes to your church. Yes. And so, Lord, lead us forward yes. humbly, but with sights of victory yes. of what you want to accomplish for your glory, for your Amen. kingdom, Amen. in reaching people with the love of, yes, of Jesus Christ yes. that comes from you, Father. The forgiveness that comes through salvation. Thank you. We look forward to what you have in store for all of us. Yes, and we praise your name together. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.